Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. God bless you and a happy Easter. Hallelujah. Resurrection Day, you know. I've said many, you've heard me say it many times before. I'm a lousy loser. But you know, when I came to Jesus, I got on the winning side. Hallelujah. So I like, I like being the victor. Hallelujah. I'm associating with the winner. And, I'm, and uh, God makes me a winner. God will make you a winner. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just come today with great joy and thankfulness in our hearts that you found us, Lord that you drew us to yourself, and you gave us new life. We bless you, Lord. We thank you for receiving us unto yourself. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, help. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. And you were dead in your trespasses in sins. Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus. He's writing to Christians. And he's saying, before you knew God, you were dead. Now, they weren't physically dead. They're obviously alive. But he means they're separated. They were separated from God. They, they, they were dead to God. They were, there, was, there was no relationship between them and God. And this is the way you were, he said, in which you all, in which you formerly walked, according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. All of you were separated from God. Among them too we. Now Paul, Paul is not just talking to them, he's including himself. And he's saying among them too we all formerly lived, every one of us. In the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. This is who, this is who we were fallen. And fallen man has a problem. The sin, the, he, the sin resides within him. Those who don't know God, those who haven't turned their lives over to God, there's a sin that, that resides within them. But God, it says in verse 4, but God. You know, I love the, I love the but gods in the Bible. You know, there's, several, there's more than one place where God says, all this negative stuff is going on, but God. But God is a victor over this. God is the one who can change us. But God being rich in mercy because of his great love with with, which he loved us. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The problem with man, the, the, 
Fallen man has a problem because there's no way back to God. There's nothing we can do in and of ourselves to make us righteous. Try as we may, live right, go to church, help others, you know, do everything you know to do, but you are who you are when you're fallen. When we have that sin nature, we are who we are. We're dead in our trespasses and sins. You know, it, 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 I heard someone one time say, you know, you can take a mule and you can stain his whole body, stain his whole coat, a wonderful uh, chestnut brown. And you can braid his tail and you can comb his mane and you can, and you can clip his ears. And you can put a saddle on him in the best jockey in the world and put him in the starting gate. But when that gate comes open, he's still a mule. You know, you can make him look good, but he's still a mule. You can't change his character. And we can't, the problem is, we can't change our character. But so many people, uh, so many people are trying. They're determined that they're going to make their way to God. You know, they, they're kind of like the, they're kind of like the Jews. You know, I feel there's a lot of things that, that Paul says about the Jews in his day that apply to us today uh, in, in this in our society, people who believe that they're Christians because they're walking, they go to church, they're living right, they're doing what God wants them to do. But look what just, let me turn with the scripture. Look what it says in Romans chapter 10. Because I think this applies to so many people today on the earth. Paul is talking, he says, Brethren, my heart's desire and my prayer for God, to God for them, the, the, his, Jewish, his Jewish fellow Jewish uh, compatriots. His Jewish countrymen, my, my prayer for them is for their salvation. For I testify that they have a zeal for God, but not in accordance with knowledge. There's a lot of people today that have a zeal for God. You know, I, I, I want to I live right. I'm going to do right. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to help. I'm going to do everything that God wants me to do. And, you know, and I know that I'm not perfect. You know, this is their ad. I know that I'm not perfect. But I'm sure that God will see my well-intended heart and, and receive me to himself. He knows how hard I've been trying. He has to honor that. You know, that's what they believe. But here's what it says. Look what it says. It says, but not knowing about God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own, they did not subject themselves to the righteousness of God. How many people on the earth today, that's exactly what's going on in their life. They're, they're trying to establish, they're trying to find their own way to God instead of surrendering to God's way to God. There's only one way to God. And if there isn't, if there isn't one, if there's more than one way to God, then God did the most cruel thing in the world of subjecting Jesus to the cross. But there is only one way to God. You know, but when you're fallen, you're fallen. When you are who you are. I, thought, I wrote this to myself. You know, I'm, I'm French. And as far as I know, there's nothing but French in me. My mom and my dad were French. My four grandparents were French. My eight grandparents were French. Uh, maybe if I did a DNA test, they'd find something in there somewhere. But as far as I know, I'm nothing but... It's just who I am. I can't change that. It's not my It was not my choice. See, you didn't make a choice to become a sinner. You were born one. We were all born sinners. It, was, it's no, no, it wasn't my choice to be French. I was just born that way. I can't help it. It's who I am, you know? Moi. You know. I won't I won't go there. I was gonna I was gonna relay a little story that my grand my grandson told me the other day. He said he was laughing because he was watching something uh, and somebody somebody said uh, 
was cooking. Somebody was cooking something. I, I forget it now. Anyway, he said, and, and he said, and that's moi. It was French food, and he said, that's moi. And that means chef. <laughs> In case you don't know, it doesn't mean chef. But God, but see, and God, but God in his goodness. You know, I thought there was, there's no natural, there's no natural way to, but there was a way to God. You know, God in his goodness gave us a way uh, to be right with him. And so we wouldn't have to spend eternity in, in, in absolute torment in hell. God gave us a way. You know, I've said it before. There's, you know, there's, there's really two ways to God. They said, but Pastor, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't agree this. Yeah, there's two ways to God. One is keep the law perfectly all the time. If you could keep the law perfectly, all, all the whole law perfectly, all, you could go to heaven. You know, the problem is no one can do it. But God gave us that way. God said, I'm, I'm going to give you a way to come to me. I'm going to make a way. Uh, it's called the law. And God said, all you have to do is keep it, and you'll be okay. Uh, and, and oh, by the way, God says, and oh, by the way, what I mean by keep it is keep all of it perfectly all the time, your whole life. Never sin once, and you can come to God. But that doesn't work, because none of us can. We're all flawed, and none of us can keep it perfectly all the time. So there's really no, no natural way to God. The law is good. There's nothing wrong with the law. The Bible says the law is holy and righteous and good. But all the law does, it ends up showing us how helpless we are, how corrupt we are, and it shows us our need for a Savior. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 3 that the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ. The Apostle, the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 7 says, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? Is there anything wrong with the law? No. May it never be. On the contrary, I would not have come to known sin except through the law. For I would not have known about coveting if the law said you shall not covet. But sin, taking opportunity through the commandment, produced in me coveting of every kind. For apart from the law, sin was dead. So it says, when I found out what the law said, I found out what a sinner I was. And Paul doesn't talk about, see, Paul's not talking about uh, murder or adultery or stealing. He's talking about coveting. You know, what's, what's, you know, it's not like this gross sin. I'm sure, I'm sure that Paul was, he was a Pharisee and he was a, he was a fast burner and I'm, he was probably just jealous, jealous of someone else's position, jealous of someone else's power, jealous of someone else's reputation, jealous that somebody else had a higher calling than them and so he was coveting. But when he found out that coveting was wrong, he found out he, covered, he had coveting in his heart. He knew he was a sinner. He knew he was separated from God. But in the Old Testament, God showed us the way that would, that would overcome the sin and the, eventually give us a way to God. In the tabernacle, in the wilderness, and in the, and in the temple in Jerusalem, there was a place called the Holy of Holies. 
And in the Holy of Holies was, was what they call the Ark of the Covenant. It was a wooden box covered with gold. And in that was the law, the commandments. But then there was a cover on that box. It was called the mercy seat. And God was showing us, I believe, that mercy covers. Mercy covers the, the, the judgment that comes by the law. The only thing that covers the law, the only thing that covers it, that can cover it is mercy. And James, and James wrote in his letter, he said, mercy triumphs over judgment. And God showed us in the Old Testament that the day was coming when mercy would triumph over judgment. When mercy would triumph over the law that we, that we, that we couldn't keep. And God would redeem us. And God would draw us to himself. Hallelujah. God saw that we could not keep the law. So he sent Jesus. Jesus came to earth. He lived a sinless life and became the blood sacrifice for our sin. In Isaiah chapter 53, it says, When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. He died on the cross. He shed his blood. He took our sin. He descended, it says in Ephesians 4.9, He descended into the lower parts of the earth. And on the third day, he rose again from the dead. That's what we're celebrating here today. His victory, his resurrection. Good Friday was the day of suffering. It was the day when he went to the cross for you and for me. But today we celebrate his victory, his, his, his resurrection from the dead. In, a, in Romans chapter 1 and verse 4, it says he was declared the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead. It took more than the cross. I, I know that sounds strange, but it took more than the cross for you and I to be saved. It took his death, his burial, and his resurrection, the whole thing. It took the, the whole, you know, when Jesus said it is finished, someone said that's it, it was done, and it wasn't done. What was finished was his assignment in his physical body on the earth. He, he finally concluded everything he was supposed to do. In the 33 years that he lived as a, as a human being on the earth, he, could, he was finished. He did everything that God called, but there was still yet his victory over death, his victory over sin, and his resurrection to follow. The Bible says if, if Christ was not raised, we are still in our sins. His resurrection is the final step in the victorious, in the victorious life that he lived for us. Hallelujah. In 1 Corinthians, I want to read that scripture in 1 Corinthians. Because the, the, the resurrection is so important. Paul, Paul said, I preach Jesus Christ and him crucified and the resurrection. That, that was his message. Jesus and the resurrection. Hallelujah. In 1 Corinthians 15, in verse 12, it says, Now, if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead... How do some among you say that there is no resurrection from the dead? But if there is no res resurrection from the, from the dead, not even Christ has been raised. What are you saying? Some people are saying there is no resurrection. Well, if there isn't a resurrection, then Jesus wasn't even. That's what he, he's, he's not saying that was the truth. He's just saying that was the logic of the argument. And if Christ has not been raised, listen, then our preaching is vain and your faith is also vain. And if Christ has not been raised in verse 17, your faith is worthless and you are still in your sins. In Romans chapter 4, it says he was raised for our justification. He was raised in order for us to be justified. It was his resurrection that, that was the final victory. 
I read this on the internet. I, wrote, I, wrote, I found this somewhere. I forget where it was now. But it says, if Jesus had remained dead, his death would have been no more significant than the death of any, any other person. For death has a rightful claim over sinners. And if Jesus had stayed dead, it would have indicated that he had not defeated sin and that death was still master over him. But his, de- his resurrection proved that he defeated sin, that he defeated death, and that was, now that was available for us. His resurrection demonstrates his victory over sin, his victory over death. Because of his resurrection and because of his resurrection, one day we will be raised too. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I tell you, I know that I was not, I mean, I didn't know it back then, but I know now. But I was on my way to hell big time. And God saved me. And I'll tell you, I am so glad. I am so glad. I am so glad. I bless him every day. Hallelujah. There's a God that we will stand before one day and be held accountable. Every knee will bow, the Bible says. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Everyone, we're going we're gonna to bow now or we're going to bow later. I tell you, my recommendation is you bow now. Because bowing later, it's going to be too late. And some, some people might say, well, I don't believe that, Pastor. Well, you don't have to believe it, but you're in trouble if you don't. But I, see, I believe, I believe there's something in every one of us. The Bible says there's something in every one of us that knows there's a God. You can deny it, you can ignore it, you can say you don't believe it, but there's something in the heart, in the gut of every person that knows that there's a God. How do I know that? Because the scripture says it in Romans chapter 1. I'm going to go there and I'm going to read it. Because this is a truth. You can, you can argue with me all you want, but I'm going I'm to I'm quote the scriptures. Verse 18. For the ra- Romans, listen to what it says in Romans chapter 1. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them. There's something in every one of us that knows that there's a God. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made so they are without excuse. The world itself testifies to the greatness of God. And, and, you, and people, people's conscience becomes so hard that they, they can't even see it. They can't even believe it. But God is true. The scriptures are true, hallelujah. What God says is right is right. What God says is wrong is wrong. You know, I was listening to, I watched a video this week. Piers Morgan. You know who Piers Morgan is? And he was interviewing Joel Osteen. And uh, the title, the title of that little video was, o- was only about two minutes. It was, it, was just, it was just a clip out of, out of an interview that he held. And he was asking Joel Osteen, he said, he said don't you think um, that, we need to, that we need to change our opinion about homosexuality and gray, and gay marriage? Because so many states now are coming on, this is a few years ago, so many states are coming on board, they're saying it's okay, they're sanctioning it. Don't you think that we should change the way we think? Don't, and, he said, and he said this, don't you think the scriptures need to be dragged, even kicking and screaming, into the 21st century? And Joel said, no, I don't agree. You know, the, here's the truth. The Bible, whatever the Bible says was sin 4,000 years ago, 
was still sin 2,000 years ago. It's still sin. It's still going to be sin 2,000 years from now. God doesn't change. But you know what? Man wants God to change. You know, God, the height of arrogance is for a man to say, God, you, you need to change the way you think. You need to bring yourself into our way of thinking. You need to, you're, you're antiquated. You're, you're, there's something, you know, you're behind the times, God. Shape up. That's like a fly thinking he's as powerful as an elephant. This little bitty fly thinking, I'm somebody. God is infinite. God is all wise. He's perfectly holy and righteous and just. And for man, the height of arrogance is for man to tell God that he doesn't know what he's talking about. And that's what, that's what they're thinking. They said, God, you, know, you, you, need, you need to adjust your thinking. We know what's right. We're smart. We're, we, we, are, we, are, we are progressive. We're, we're with it. You need to shape up, God. They're going to find out. Sadly, you're going to find out you're wrong. I want to live. The, see, people say, I want to live the way I want to live. I want to do what I want. I want to believe what I want. I don't want anyone or any God telling me what I can or can't do or what I should or shouldn't believe. And you know what? You have that right. God gives you that right. He gives us free will and he won't violate it. But it'll cost you. It'll cost, you. It'll cost millions of people their eternal salvation. Their eternity. They'll spend eternity in hell because they, wouldn't, they, wouldn't, they didn't want to submit to God. They wanted to keep a hold of their whole life. You can't. You, gotta, you know, it's God, your kingdom come, your will be done. Not my, your will be done, Lord, in me. We need to surrender to God, to his way. There's only one way to God. John said it in John chapter 14 and verse 6. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. The only way to God is through the cross. If you, want, if you believe in God, you want, to be, you want to go to heaven, you're going to have to surrender. You're going to have to bow your knee. I'm sorry, but that's the only way. But if you do, why not, why, not, why not give yourself to God? Why not give yourself to the one who loves you, who died for you, who, who, will, take care, who will take you to heaven with him when you die? Don't, don't hang on to this. Don't, don't be rebellious and, and say, no, I'll do it my way. I want to live my life. Surrender. Give your life to God. Bow your knee to the one who died for you. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but I feel like I might be talking to somebody who might be watching. Give yourself to God. Surrender your life to Jesus. Don't wait till it's too late. You might not have that chance. God gives us a window of opportunity. God opens the door. He's drawing. He's drawing people. He's saying, come to me. I love you. I died for you. Surrender. Find out how good life can be with me. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I just pray today for your heart, for the spirit of conviction to come upon people who don't know you, for them to take a look at their life and say, am I really okay? Where am I going to be a hundred years from now? Where am I going to be a hundred years from now? <clears throat> Some people say, well, I don't believe I'll be anywhere. I believe I'll be in the grave. Your body will be in the grave, but your soul will be in the realm of the spirit, suffering eternally and away from the presence of God because you refuse to, you refuse to submit, you refuse to surrender. Can I prove to you there's a heaven? No. Can I, sh I wish I could take everybody there and bring you back and say, now, you've seen it, now you know. But it's by faith, it's by grace that we're saved, through faith, faith in Jesus. 
Come to God today. Come to God today. He died. He was raised from the dead for us to know him, to have victory in our life, to be free from the power of sin. Oh, God, help us. Help us, Lord Jesus. I pray for the spirit of conviction to come on people. I pray, Lord, for them to surrender, to say once and for all, that's it. I'm going to surrender to God. I'm not going back. I'm going to walk with him all the days of my life so that I can be with him forever. In Jesus', in Jesus name. In Jesus' name. All you have to do is pray this prayer. Father, Jesus, come in. Jesus, I thank you that you died for my sins. Forgive me of my, I thank you for forgiving me of every sin I've ever committed. Come into my heart and be Lord of my life. I surrender to you. I receive you into myself. And I become, in this day, I'll be a child of God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. We're going to receive communion this morning. We're going to remember what he did for us. Hallelujah. Let's just begin. Let's just thank. If you're saved this morning, let's just thank, let's just thank God. Father, we just thank you. You know, Jesus said, no man comes to me unless the Father draws. Even my coming to God was not my own, but it was God. It was the Spirit of God, the Father through the Spirit of God, drawing me, convicting me, bring, causing me to have my eyes open that I might see my need for God. Lord, thank you for drawing me. Thank you for separating me from my sin and, re- and forgiving me and making me new. I bless you today. I'm eternally grateful to you for what you've done. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, Visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.